Welcome to our home at home services. Once again, it's wonderful to come together and to fellowship and to enjoy the breaking of the bread, the word of God. And I'm expecting that God is going to really speak to us in a way today that's going to continually inspire our journey with him. Thank you for that wonderful welcome and to our worship team. We had such an amazing worship Sunday and really appreciate what you do. So thank you for inspiring us to worship. We're going to be continuing on the subject of weapons and warfare. And today, um, I want to really just launch in. We're going to be just going through a section. I think it's fairly simple, but I think it's really important uh, to understand. We talked last time about the Lord Sabbath, which is the Lord or the captain of the angel armies. And that's telling us that God, in his wisdom, has prepared a battalion of angels to fight on our behalf. And we establish that our role is to decree and declare from a governmental position on earth and that God, through his power and authority, will then allow the kingdom to manifest on earth as it is in heaven. And this will be at the behest of our declarations. I want to add another part or to what we've been doing and talking about in this context. We discussed that 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So our weapons are not ordinary. That is very clear. They are supplied by our God, who is a spirit. And therefore, we are talking about a realm that is superior to our realm. In fact, Ephesians 6 and 10 encourages us, put on the whole armour of God. So it's telling us that we've, we're definitely getting into a battle here. You can't avoid the challenge. And he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to, to stand, stand firm. So I love that. Even the ending saying, hold your position. The only way we can do that is if we understand what is at our disposal. The weapons that are given to us. And I want to really just uh, highlight the length that God has gone through in order to give us this authority, this, this battalion of angels that come to our rescue. Psalms 8 and verse 5, it's interesting, it says here, look, you made him, this is Jesus, a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. So Jesus, who was God, this is saying in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it goes on to declare that nothing was made that was made that was not made by him. This is Christ, Jesus the Word. It goes down to then tell us that the Word becomes flesh, this is verse 14, and dwells amongst us. So the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And so 
what happens is, is that God comes to earth, but takes on humanity or humans, human form. And it's interesting how he does this. And I think, you know, I've been saying, well, what happens? Does he just completely lose his divine deity? Or what does he do? How does this work? Because it's telling us that God becomes man. And this passage is telling us here that you made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. Philippians 2 and verse 7 tells us like this. Think of yourselves or this way. Christ thought of himself. He said he had equal status with God. This is Philippians 2 verse 7 in the message version. But God didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of slave. Status of a slave became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, which was the crucifixion. In other words, God made himself vulnerable and susceptible to death. And the passage says it made him lower than the angels, because you see, the angels don't die. And Christ did this. He, he put on humanity. And I was trying to Look at a way, how can we really understand this? Because if he simply forsook his deity, he would not be God manifesting as man. He would simply just be man. But he's saying that God becomes man in order to save us. But he was still God. And very practically, I think this definition gives us a better insight as to how that can work. Now, I don't know for those of you have you ever driven an automatic car, okay, an automatic car. You have manual and you have an automatic car. Now, when you have an automatic car, you actually have a, an option to move the gear stick so that you can actually operate like a manual in terms of moving the gears through the gears one by one. Whereas in the automatic, it automatically or instinctively, it's designed to move from one gear into the next without you doing anything. When you put it into that setting, you then will move it from gear one to two, three, and four, albeit without the clutch. Well, this is exactly what's happened where God becomes man. What you are describing here is a car, an automatic transmission that can be switched to a manual mode to let you select the gear you want and hold it there while you push the engine to get the power that you want. So what God does as God, this automatic, all-powerful being switches into a manual setting. 
So he's God, but he's made a decision that I'm not going to use the automatic system. I'm going to operate manually. I'm going to resist from going into automatic. I'm going to operate in the manual setting, which causes me to have to work and make effort and do certain things. And so God is letting us know that when we understand it like that, look at what discipline Christ had to undertake. He's come through, born of the Holy Spirit. He's very God, but he's having to say, I'm going to maintain doing what humanity does in order to save humanity. And that's why when the devil comes along to tempt him, he's trying to push him into not maintaining a manual setting. We know he could have always called 10,000 of angels. We even see on the Mount of Transfiguration that he, that there's a whole sort of lighting up of, of his, the presence of God, the manifestation coming down when they're seeing the manifestation of Elisha and, and other sort of passed on even in, in individuals. But God, Jesus Christ, maintains I'm here to save mankind and I'm going to keep and maintain it in the manual setting of being human. So like you and me, he was wounded, he was bruised, he was able to suffer all the things we are able or or, or can suffer and we will go through. So when he says he's overcome the world, he's done it by staying in that manual gear as humanity. And he then destroys the enemy. And I love this. And he used this process to, it's like a one blow. And I want to really look at this today. Hebrews 10 verse 12, he says, whereas in the past, this is what he came to do. He's saying, I'm coming to save you. And the only way I can do that is to sacrifice my life for you. Hebrews 10, 12 says, where Christ, having offered the one sacrifice, the all-sufficient sacrifice of himself for our sins, for all time, sat down, signifying the completion of the atonement of sin at the right hand of God, the position of honor. So this is telling us that what he was doing in the manual gear was to come and sacrifice his life as a human being, as a man. And he does what I call a one blow to the enemy. Instead of all the time we were having to offer sacrifices. You remember the, the principle of the high priest? Every year they would go and offer a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin every year. Jesus came and once and for all, he offered one sacrifice, one blow that would take the enemy out for good. I love the way the Phillips, uh, J.B. Phillips New Testament version um, explains it. This is Hebrews 10 again, 11 to 16. Look at this. Every human priest stands day by day performing his religious duties and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never actually remove sin. But this man, this man Jesus, after offering one sacrifice for sins forever, took his seat at God's right hand from that time, offering no more sacrifices, but waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. 
He has perfected for all time everyone whom he makes holy. The Holy Spirit himself endorses this truth for us when he says, first, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. One sacrifice, one time he defeats the enemy and puts the law which he has perfected as a man into our heart. That's why even as a child, we know when we're telling a lie because God has written truth in our hearts. And it's that truth that the Holy Spirit then works on that sets us free. So God is telling us here that Jesus Christ provided a means that we could benefit from the weapons of the kingdom warfare. You see, when Christ comes to earth, he's made lower than the angels, lower than the angelic beings. So he took on humanity and he was subjected to all of the tortures and the pressures that we are going through. But he did it, finished, and went back to be seated with the Father in heavenly places so that we can have access to all of the artillery of heaven, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the power of God. And so we go through this life already blessed, already victorious, because we have the victory that Christ has won for us on the cross. He left his throne where he was seated, came down, sacrificed his life, gave one blow to the enemy by defeating death, hell, and the grave, and then has now gone back, seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. But he did not go alone. He took you and me with them. You and I went with him. You see, angels do not have that privilege. So what God, through his Son, has done, he's taken us from being lower than the angels to now be seated in the heavenly places with him so that we are far above all principalities and power and we have access to the weaponry of heaven. Hallelujah. Look at this. This here is Hebrews 1, verse 5 to 14. And I'm going to just read this through here. This is a really powerful passage. For to which of the angels did the Father ever say, You are my son? None. Today I have begotten, he says, you, fathered you, established you as a son with kingly dignity. That's what he's done through Christ. And again, Did he ever say to the angels? No, he didn't. I shall be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. That's what God has said to us. Hallelujah. And when he again brings the firstborn, the highest ranking son into the world, he says, and all the angels of God are to worship him. And concerning the angels, he says, who makes his angels wings and his ministering servants flames of fire to do his bidding. But about the son, the father says to him, your throne, God, is forever and is a scepter of absolute righteousness in a scepter of a kingdom in heaven. 
You have loved righteousness, integrity, virtue, and uprightness in purpose, and have hated lawlessness, injustice, sin. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with all the oil of gladness above your companions. And you, your Lord, laid the foundation of for the earth in the beginning, that the heavens are the work of God's hands. They will perish, but you will remain, and they will all wear out like a garment and like a robe, but you will roll them up like a garment. They will change, but you are the same. You and your years will never end. And he goes on to say in verse 13, sit at my right hand. This is what God said to us. But to which of the angels has he, the Father, ever said, sit at my right hand together with me in royal dignity until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? In triumphant conquest, are not all angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve and accompany those who will inherit salvation? So what is established here? That God has, through Jesus Christ, who came, made himself lower than the angels, but took us back with him. We are now seated in the heavenly places with God. And he's saying, and now the angels are ministering servants who do the bidding of our binding and loosing. You and I are now seated in the heavenly places with God, far above all principalities and powers. Therefore, we have authority. We have a victory that is already won. We already have a vantage point that says we win. Tell the person next to you, say, we win. You have already won. I want to say in this succinct message today, that Christ has gone through a whole length, God himself putting on humanity and denying his deity and sticking to the forms of man, defeated hell, death, and the grave, and has now declared that as the Lord of the angel armies, Jehovah Sabaoth, that whatever you fight or declare in his name, he said he will do. That's why we, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose loose in heaven because the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh and blood but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds you are not ordinary you have been bought with a price you have been set free from the power of sin and you have been seated in heavenly places with God where angels are now available at your disposal to fight on your behalf. There is not a battle that our God cannot win. And whatever he does, he will always make it work for your good. I want to encourage you today that it's time to live in the automatic zone of God where the Spirit of the Lord will always lift up the standard against those things that come up against you. 
where he gives you weapons of your warfare that when you pray, things happen. That when you sing and worship, things happen. That when you cry, things happen. Why? Because you have been now made a son and seated in the authoritative position in heaven. That no weapon yet has been forged that can prosper against you. Understand who you are. You are not ordinary. I said again, you are not ordinary. You're a new creation. All the old stuff has passed away. It has no power over you. Because what Jesus did was to put you at the chief position of the military army because you too are a son. You are too uh, in position with the authority that what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That when you plead the blood of Jesus Christ, things happen. The, the kingdom of heaven goes to war on your behalf. Stop behaving like the manual that you're having to work all the time. I don't know about you, but when you, you just need to sit in London for a bit and, bit and drive all the time, you stop, start, stop, start, you're changed down. Now people love gears. But I kind of think, well, it's a lot of work. And genuinely, <laughs> you understand that because the older you get, you realize, actually, why, why am I driving an automatic all the time? What was all the work about? God is saying to you, you're working too hard. You are seated in the heavenly places. He's won the battle already. The enemy's plan is to get you in a position where you forget who you are. But I want to say to you, finally, what my parents would always say to me before we left the house. Remember who you are. I'm going to say that to you today. Remember who you are. Tell, tell the person next to you, remember who you are. You are bought with a price. You have been seated far above all principalities and powers. You are an overcomer because the God you serve has already overcome the world. Walk in victory. The battle is already won. Our weapons are not of flesh, but they are mighty. I wonder what you can pull down today. I wonder what you can destroy in the enemy's camp today. Just know that God is with you and Jehovah Sabaoth has put the angel armies. It says here, I'll finish this verse. I'm just going to read it. Hallelujah. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, protect those who will inherit salvation. That's you. That's me. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. God bless you.